Welcome to a special Haggadah Boot Camp. This is a two-part series. Part one is going to take place today, and we're going to continue on Shabbos morning at 8.30. We're being inspired through these two shiurim with Torah, some of the Torah of many of the great gedolim, great rabbinic figures that were lost since last year, Pesach. They are gone physically from this world, but their Torah, their inspiration, the morality is not forgotten. I want to give a special call out to our special series sponsor, Gail and Benjamin Ryder, in memory of and in honor of the legacy of the great Rabbi Yehuda Kalmer, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, our series sponsor, Mark and Lana Rothenberg, Rachel Feiner, in memory of Azriel Feiner, and the rest of the sponsors who you could find their names in the Shabbat notes. We're not going to cover every Rav today. We'll continue on Shabbos morning. Let me begin with Rav Yehuda Kalmer. Rav Yehuda Kalmer passed away a few months ago. I don't have time today for the biographies, but this is a Devar Torah that is a symbol of his amazing life and the impact that he had on so many in our own community and way beyond. Rabbi Yehuda Kalmer, the Rav of the Young Israel of West Hempstead. It's a great way to start this year with the mitzvah of Haggadah. We generally read this Pasuk as saying, and you shall retell the event to your son on that day, saying... But Rav Kalimer had a very creative reading of it. And his suggestion was the words by Yomahu on that day may not only refer to the verb, Vihigadita, but also connected to Levincha. In other words, the translation that would emerge would be, and you shall retell the story to the child who becomes your son on that day. Pesach night is a new beginning. Pesach night, we say to each one of our children, you are my son. I want to build on the Rabbi Kalimer idea. He goes in a slightly different direction of what a refreshing idea that Pesach night we're saying to our children, no matter how far we've been from each other, no matter how far you may have been from the Rebona Shalom, you're still my son, and tonight is as if you are born again. The way Rav Kalimer explained it is that we have to make sure to be the protagonist to our children, not just Pesach night, but Vihigadatul Avincha is the Pasuk that applies every day. There's a similar idea of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, where he talks about the mitzvah of Vihigadatul Avincha is not for the schools. The schools do a great job, but it's ultimately for the parents. And going back to Rav Kalimer, we say to each child, even to the Russia, you are my son, you are my daughter. I want to move on now to something from my rabbi growing up, Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld. And I have two ideas. One is a general idea. Rabbi Schoenfeld's life, and hopefully the life of every Jew, is a reflection of the person who is telling and leading the Haggadah. We say we want everyone sitting at the table. In the Haggadah, it's Rabbi Laza ben Azariah who becomes the star at the age of 18 years old. And he opens up the yeshiva. He puts out new chairs and more people participate. When I asked Rabbi Schoenfeld's son, my dear colleague Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, what was your father's go-to for Pesach night? And he said, mostly my father was interested, of course, in talking to the people who were in front of him. I heard the same thing from Rabbi Drach, the son-in-law of Rabbi Lamb, and we'll be sharing some Rabbi Lamb Torah as well. Rabbi Schoenfeld's son said, 
Pesach night was not the night for his father to show off all the chidushim and all the insights into the Rambam. It was the night for the family to be around, to tell Hasidish Shemaisas, to tell stories. This is prescriptive for us as well. But he said the one deep message that his father would constantly communicate was something that he heard from his Rebbe, who is the Rav. And so much of Pesach night is about communicating what we learned from our Rebbeim, what we learned from our mothers, from our fathers, from our grandparents. And it was the Bar Kokhba story. Because in the Bar Kokhba story, which is found, according to many, in the Rabbi Soloveitchik took this position, when the five rabbis are sitting around in B'nai Brak, they weren't just sitting around eating Shmura Matzah. They were involved in planning the rebellion against the Roman authority to be led by Bar Kokhba. And the point that Rabbi Schoenfeld stressed was that it's never just about the people that are sitting at the table. It's about the future. And sometimes the future of Judaism is dependent on us taking up the responsibility, supporting those who take up arms without getting into whether Bar Kokhba was right or wrong, but it became a model of Jewish resistance. And all of us know that at least somewhere at the Pesach Seder, we have to talk Jewish history. One of the great Rabbanim who passed away this year, Rabbi Adin Steinsaltz, and I'm saying this just in very general terms without going into detail, if you look into his Haggadah, there's so much history. He tells the story of the characters that are found in the Haggadah. Who is Rabbi Lezabenazari? Who is Rabbi Akiva? Who is Rabbi Yehuda? We need to communicate these messages and these teachings and these personalities, and we need to talk about our own families. One of the tremendous Losses for the Jewish community this year was Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tursky, another one of the gedolim on our poster and in our lives. And he spoke about how at the Seder, it wasn't just the stories that were told, it was the instruments that are placed on the table. The Shulchan Aruch teaches us, he doesn't quote this, but I'm sure he meant this, the Shulchan Aruch tells us that we should put our most precious possessions to express our freedom. And Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tursky said in his family, the precious possessions were not based on how much gold or silver, but on sometimes even a ceramic, a, a piece of china that was passed down from generation to generation. For some of us, it could be a kiddush cup that was passed down. So if we combine these teachings, Rabbi Kalamer, look at the person who's in front of you. They're the most important. Rabbi Schoenfeld, remember that there were people who came before us and remember that there has to be a future. Rabbi Tversky, the stories that we tell are not just the narratives, but the objects. And Rabbi Steinzeltz, who's asking us to go a little bit deeper, not only into ourselves, but to go deeper into history. Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky said, Kadesh or Chatz, it's much more than just a ritual. It's some part of the Simonim when we spell out, and we'll talk about the roadmap for that night. What do we say in Kiddush? Mekadesh Yisrael. Because every single Jew has to appreciate at the Seder that he or she is sanctified. There's a beautiful teaching from Meshulam David Salavechik, the last remaining son of the Grizz who passed away. He was not a Hasidish Rebbe at all. But he said part of what we have to celebrate this night of Pesach, and I have all of these sources for you if you're interested, is that we will never be slaves again. You see, a Jew is never a slave to another human being. It's a halacha. Even being an Eved Ivri is temporary. You can never be a perpetual slave. We are free. A Jew, no matter where he or she is living, it could be in Iran, it could be behind the Iron Curtain. We heard this beautiful message this year during the pandemic. We could be alone, but we know that we're never alone. That's a beautiful message 
from Rabnatan Sharansky. We gave, just gave him smicha in honor of Pesach. But what really makes us free, what Rameshulam David said in the name of his father, and this is a theme that you'll find in the famous Briska Haggadah, the Beis Halevi Haggadah, is that we're not totally free. We're halachic Jews. That is real freedom because now we are not avadim to a paro. We're not avadim to our own taivas and desires. We are avde Hashem. And that's by definition. Every Jew has that sanctity within him or with her. Throughout the Rebbe Dr. Abraham Tresky Haggadah, you see these motivational messages with the recognition as he spells over and over again that people have addictions. He dealt with alcohol addictions. Other people are addicted to desires. Or maybe some people, we wouldn't call it a medical addiction, but they don't believe in who they are. And that's a perpetual problem. And that's an issue that needs therapy. It needs self-evaluation from a spiritual perspective as well. And that's why Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tursky says, Urchatz, after Kadesh, we wash our hands. We wash our hands without a bracha because we're not yet fully developed. Later, after going through the Seder, we develop and then we wash our hands with Hashem's name. You see, Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tursky says that the Seder is really a model in that one night, in the few hours, it's the, of the emergence of a Jew, a Jew who feels at times, like any individual, one's insecurities, one's weaknesses, but then telling the story, the same story that's been told, but with its own unique approaches in every generation, we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. This theme continues through the writings of so many great teachers. I want to quote something from the Novominska. You know, Artsgirl put out a Novominska Haggadah. I didn't get to go through much of it, but we also have many of Novominska's teachings in Hebrew. Difficult, many of the teachings, but so relevant. The Novominska points out that the very outset of the Seder, we call it Simonim. These are the Simonim. You know, I think it says that in every Haggadah. These are Simonim. Kadeh, Karpas, Yachatz. I don't want to ruin your day and sing the rest of it. What is the deeper meaning of a Simon? When an object is lost within the discussion of Ashavas Aveda, how do you claim your object? Through a Simon. You say it had a little scratch on the back. It had a certain marking on the front. And then you're able to reclaim your property. What the Novominska says so beautifully, and he has so many proofs of this, is that sometimes the Jewish people are called a lost nation. You look in Yeshayahu and other places, but they're never called a destroyed nation because the nation as a whole is never lost. We're just looking to be reclaimed. A Jew is never lost. He or she is just looking to be reclaimed. And that's what we're doing at the Seder. The Simon, the Simon, what is the identity of a Jew and the way we find our way back to our owner, to our creator, to our sustainer, the Rebona Shlalom, is through the Seder. The Seder becomes the simon that is able to bring us back home. I wanted to share with you just something a little bit lighter. Maybe I'll refer to this again over Pesach, but the Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky that is filled with so much motivation, so much psychology, and so many great Hasidic stories, he tells the story of Rabbi Herschel of Krakow, who was a child prodigy, and the community interviewed him for a prabha, a rabbinic position. He applied, he put all the older scholars to shame with his brilliance, but there was only one problem. He was only a child, 11 years old, 12 years old, 
11 years old, I think, according to the story. So they said, we'd love to hire you. Other people have more defects than you, but you're too young. And he said, why should that hold you back? Everyone has weaknesses, but I can guarantee you one thing about mine. Every day that I'm alive and in the position, my weakness is going to get less and less as I'm going to get older and older. And the beautiful message that he was trying to communicate over here is that each of us emerge in, sometimes it's in age, sometimes it's in intelligence, sometimes it's in human insight. And we should have the self-esteem to believe that we have this position, not the rabbinic position necessarily, but the, a position of value in front of the Rebona Shalom in our families. I wanted to flip back to something, talk about giving value to individuals, back to Ravad and Steinzal. Ravad and Steinzal says that halach ma'anya, when we say in the beginning, it's not really anything to do with the Pesach story. But while we're celebrating Pesach, we're also thinking about the fact that we're living in Gullus, and even in Israel, we don't yet have the Beis HaMikdash. How did we get to this latest Gullus, this latest exile? Not how we got into Egypt in the first place. We got here through Sinaschina by not showing enough respect. So we counter that at the very outset of the Seder by saying we care about everyone. That's why even if you're not having someone over for the Seder, there's COVID challenges, we give tzedakah at this time of year. It's not just to reenact the exodus, it's to get out of this gullus and to have exodus. And along those lines, the Navaminska very often through his Seder, through his Haggadah, he talks and he reminds us Jews that we are not yet fully there. Now, he's not typically identified as a Zionist. He was the head of the Moetzis of the Haggadah. But his Haggadah is filled with reflections of his great love for Eretz Yisrael. He said something which is very impactful. I saw something very similar in the Haggadah of um, Rabbi Shalom David, not the Haggadah, teachings of Rabbi Salavechik, who passed away this year, the last remaining son of the Briskorov. What does Barad represent? This comes from Rabbi Salavechik. If you look at Barad, they were like missiles. They hit certain areas, they didn't hit other areas. You look at the Makos, the Makos, like, what's going on? Some areas, yes, some areas, no. Not just Egyptians, yes, and Jews, no. It's to show us that we're not in control, that Hashem controls the world. And in his language, Hashem has an address. Hashem has a place where he's able to direct things. So much of the Haggadah is about Hashgachas Hashem, Emunah Hashem. The Navaminska talks about this uh, as far as us appreciating, and I may, may mention this on Shabbos as well, that there's something absent from our Haggadah, and that is the Vehevesi, and the whole Parsha of the Bikurim. We don't talk about entry into Eretz Yisrael, not only because we're not in Eretz Yisrael today. His Chiddush is because when the Jews left Mitzrayim, full redemption should have been an immediate entry into Israel. But they waited for 40 years, and therefore the initial redemption always had a certain chisaron in it because Vehevesi was delayed. And I point this out because we have to think at the Seder not only about what has been accomplished and where we are, but also so significantly what it is that we are yearning for. I want to throw out a few more pieces of information. I appreciate your patience. We're covering so much today. From Reb David Feinstein, Zechut Zadik Levracha. Wow, what a loss for the Jewish community. Reb David Feinstein, in the introduction to his Haggadah, and we actually have two different Haggadahs of 
Rabbi David Feinstein. Rabbi David Feinstein, just as a point of introduction, is famous for the, you ever see that chart? Our kids come back from yeshiva and they say we're not eating enough matzah. That all goes back to 1970 to a chart of Rabbi David Feinstein. But Rabbi David Feinstein writes in the introduction, and many people miss this, if you have specific minhagim in your family, if you have certain traditions in your family and how to run a seder and how much matzah eat, how much mara to eat, I'm not here to change it. Rabbi David Feinstein was talking to so many American Jews who didn't have a Masao or who didn't have a tradition, who maybe were Bali Tshuva, or maybe their family's traditions were lost in Europe. And the reason I'm mentioning this is not just that it's a cute piece of uh, trivia to know when those charts started and that maybe it was actually a mistake because they didn't put a caveat from Rabbi David Feinstein, but so much of the Seder is about carrying the traditions. I and my family have a certain tradition to eat eggs for karpas, much more than a kazayas, and there's a reason for that. My father explained to me, and many other things that we do. Rabbi David Feinstein says in his Haggadah, we say Zecher Migdash Kehillel when having Korech. And he shows that historically that line never should be said. I don't need to go into the reasons right now. But it, it has been said probably for 100 years, 200 years, 300, 400 years. And therefore we should do what is the tradition, whether it's the tradition of the community, the tradition of our parents. But with that in mind, it doesn't mean that there's no place for innovation. If you look into his Haggadah, he has a beautiful piece. It sounds like someone on Instagram, a foodie, and he talks about charoses. The Gemara has a machlokas. Should charoses be a reflection of the mortar or should it be a reflection of charos? And therefore you'd put apples inside for the women who miraculously had so many children. But he mentions there's another opinion of the balitosos based on the gaonim that you should have all of the fruits that are identified in shir hashirim pomegranates, dates, figs, fruits that identify with Eretz Yisrael, in there as well. And he says you should also have cinnamon sticks, ideally, in there, which reflects the straw. You see, the charoses, all in that big mess, is a collection of the entire 210 years of Mitzrayim. And he says that many of these products, he's writing this in 1970, we don't have. But if we could get our hands on real cinnamon sticks, not just ground cinnamon, if we could get our hand on pomegranates and the fruits of Eretz Yisrael, put them into the charoses. So while he's into tradition, he's also into not innovation, but to revisit some of the old symbols, especially symbols that could give us hope and future that things are going to get even greater. Let me leave you with one more piece. Now, I'm not going to get to Ramatis Bloom today. I'm going to talk about him on Shabbos. I'm going to add more Torah from the Navaminska in the 830. But I want to leave you with one piece of Torah from Rabbi Abraham Tursky. Rabbi Abraham Tursky says that we have to have confidence when we come into Purim. That's for sure. And if you have confidence when it comes into Purim that you're going to have a great time, then you have to have even more confidence when it comes to Pesach. Now, this sounds counterintuitive. Pesach has so many details. So before I get to Rabbi Abraham Tursky, let's flip over to the great chief rabbi, Rabbi Sachs, who we lost this year. I didn't even give you a great piece of Torah from Rabbi Lamb, so I'm going to have to save that for Shabbos. And Rabbi Sachs said, you know why Judaism puts so much emphasis on Pesach? Because it's the hardest holiday. He quotes from Dan Ariely, from Malcolm Gladwell, from all these different studies that have been done, 
that what we work hardest for is what's most durable and sustainable. I'm happy to share with you the article. It's a fundamental article when he was teaching at Yeshiva University. It was printed. And Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky said, we have to put in the effort, but we also have to have the confidence. And he tells a Hasidish story of a, a Hasid who put in so much effort, but still found a piece of challah on Pesach. And he was haunted, and he goes to the Rebbe. And maybe you would have expected the Rebbe to say, don't worry, everything's okay. He said, after all your preparations in life, and all your preparations for the holiday of Pesach, did you daven to Hashem that there shouldn't be any chametz left? Did you daven that we should have a clean home? And he said, no. He says, that's why there's still chametz. Because we're not in control. We're not totally in control even of the cleaning. And we get so stressed about it. We're not totally in control of anything in this world. And we mention that to remind us of how important it is to daven. At the Seder, I just want to throw in a little piece of Baum Torah. There's so many tefillos in the Seder, at the Seder. We should be thinking about the beautiful family. And if we don't have, unfortunately, so much nachas in the past year, yearn for it in the future. If we've seen illness, then daven for healing. The Seder becomes the simon. It's how we find ourselves and how we find ourselves all the way back to the Rebona Shalom. We'll continue Shabbos morning at 8.30. I promise you some Torah from Ramatis Bloom, from Rabbi Norman Lamb, and more to come.